I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek, in for Kelly Bidlin one more day this week. Kelly, a little under the weather this morning. Yeah, that was a fun text to get. At, uh, thankfully, I woke up a little early today. Otherwise? Otherwise, what would uh, happen? Would have really been speeding on the 15 to get here. <laughs> Someone would have been in that. You know, Monday, Monday's a little tough to get up sometimes. Oh, that's all right. I appreciate you being here on the uh, on the short notice, Kelly. Hope he gets better. Hope he'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, on the show today, Frank Schwab from well covers NFL and sports betting for Yahoo Sports. We'll talk to him about the National Football League on the heels of Week Number One of the NFL preseason. Paul Spore from Fangraphs. Some baseball talk. On a Monday, got to pepper him with a whole bunch of questions. Here as the uh, the quarter poll is finally here this week. All teams will reach the quarter poll of Major League Baseball uh, this season. I guess uh, Borchard and I will have to do our Q3 uh, report tomorrow and in podcast form this week as well. Chris Felica, the Bear from Fox Sports, the Bear on Fox, will join us not only to talk uh, Women's World Cup. By the way, Wyatt, a special numbers game investigation reveals that the Women's World Cup is still taking place in Australia. Still taking place. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel so bad. It's like once USA got eliminated, everyone just lost, lost the interest. Well, Chris has some thoughts on it. He's back from Australia. And he's got three more college football season win totals. Three more. Still time. And he's got three thoughts. I want to say they're three unders. Under, under, under on a few teams spanning three conferences. So we'll get uh, Chris Felix's thoughts on that. And Wes Reynolds will join us for a couple uh, segments primarily to talk golf. On the heels of Lucas Glover winning the St. Jude yesterday in a playoff against Patrick Cantlay, the first of the uh, three-pronged FedEx Cup. Lucas Glover, who overcame not only Patrick Cantlay in a playoff, but also a, a huge case, a Hall of Fame case of Swamp Tuchus. Copyright Todd Wishnev. Not only, not only Swamp Tuchus, but his thighs were sweating, for God's sakes. Change your pants. It's very distracting. But Lucas Glover gets it done with a tour de force of putting. A 30-foot bogey here. You know, just amazing all of his uh, his saves, his, his save bogey on one of them, save pars, all his birdie putts. Just a, a nice performance and staved off the field yesterday. Patrick Cantlay had won three of the previous five FedEx Cup events spanning back a couple seasons, which is pretty unbelievable. Was going for his fourth out of six. Now what we have next week... Uh, going into the second leg, second second leg, the BMW, 
You have Lucas Glover going for a three-peat week to week to week. Obviously, non-FedEx and FedEx alike. How about that? He, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had he won last week to get into the FedEx and then wins this one. And, and uh, I was watching SportsCenter last night. It said his putting has been horrendous over the years. He had the yeah. yips, and it's that 30-foot bogey putt to, to save the tournament for himself. Swamp took us. Just want to point that this out. This is why you need to wear shorts on. You know, when it's boy, oh boy. You're you're in the where were they? Tennessee, so I guess Midwest, Southish. Yeah. It's humid. Let them wear let them air it out a little. Before we get into some of the uh, thoughts, betting and otherwise from this weekend uh in pro football. Also just want to shout out before we let it go. Bet Bash three from last week. Now I was not able to attend it quite as much as I was Bet Bash two. Part of that was it was a week di- a week day rather than weekend event, but really it was because I had family in town, girlfriend, brother, cousin, son, just everybody at once. So for me, I wish I could have attended more, but what I did attend and from all the feedback of everyone, it was just a, a once again, a rousing success, all praise to Spanky, who, who I will say this, I don't think there's anybody else in sports betting that has the gra- that has a gravitas to have pulled this off either year to year to year. Like he's the right guy to do it. We're all glad that he has, and this is really, for those of us who went to Sloan Sports Analytics Conferences at MIT years ago, this is really the evolution of that, where this is about sports betting. Back then, sports betting was just a sidebar, and it was just fantastic. Um, I want to thank, first of all, everybody who came in studio last week who was here for Bet Bash, and some weren't, some weren't here for Bet Bash. Some were just uh, native or somewhere in town for other random reasons. But most from Bet Bash, and I just want to, I, I shouted them out on Twitter, but I also want to shout them out here because it's not easy to roll down to the South Point from the other side of town. And to do so early in the morning, we're here 7 to 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, truly grateful, truly humbled by it all. So shout out to Michael Craig from Right Angle Sports, Rob Bazola from Circles Off Pod and the uh, Hammer Network. Uh, Tim Lawson from The Better Life, Matt Buckalter from Plus EV Analytics, Jason Weingarten, who came down here not once but twice, our old buddy from Spreadopedia into the studio on a numbers game, Ed Fang from The Power Rank, Las Vegas Chris rolled in the studio, uh, Rufus Peabody from Unabated, James Salinas, of course, rolled in the studio as well. Anyway, shout out to all of those guys. Again, super thankful. It was just an epic week of radio here on the show could not have been more fascinating. We don't get that opportunity very often, so I was glad to uh, seize it. And then the panel that I moderated on Friday, um, which Matt Metcalf was just absolutely instrumental in not only organizing it, but really setting the vision for it. David Frohard Lane, who's the co-founder of DL Trading, the market maker over at Sport Trade in New Jersey. You may recall that name also. He was a super contest winner back in the day. He won $557,850 back in 2013. He was on the panel, as was the aforementioned Michael Craig from Right Angle Sports, Glenn Herzog from Circa, a sportsbook manager, Luke Miller, who's a trader with Spanky, and Matthew David Dow, who was uh, one of the co-founders of Deck Prism. They provide in-game lines to Pinnacle and Circa. He's also the co-author of a book uh, with Ed Miller, the Logic of Sports Betting, which I hope everybody's familiar with. Great book. He's also co-founder of Deck Prism with Ed. All of those guys were on the panel. They were all sensational. Uh, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a heady panel. The relationship between bookmaker and better. So I, I just appreciate all of them spending the time and providing their insights. And the real and and by the way, the Hall of Fame induction on Friday night, which I was not able to go to, was a rousing success. Really done with class per everyone. Um, the real sort of. Uh, 
comedy of it and the the highlight of the panels was the was the Twitter the gambling Twitter panel which happened later in the day which uh which narrowed itself down to a Rob Pozzola v Darren Ravel from Action Network battle over the integrity of sports betting and the, and the messages sent and it was just uh, it was fantastic there's a couple things one I got to give Darren Ravel credit cuz all he was taking was incoming in this panel and for him to sit there and take it in a one-way traffic room he does deserve credit for that. So let's let's not allow him. By the way, I'm, I'm no fan of his. He plagiarized tweets of mine 10, 11 years ago. I have receipts, so it's not like he's the least annoying person in the world. But he deserves credit for sitting there and taking it. And then, of course, uh, Circus Jeff Benson, who apparently has Thug Life tattooed over his abdomen at 5'4", 130 pounds. It's also music as well. But anyway, Bed Bash 4 next year, Spanky, you got to go. If you didn't go to 3 or 2 or 1, that's my point. Go to Bed Bash 4 next, next year. It's awesome just the most awesome sports betting networking conference there could be. Um, As far as the NFL this weekend, a couple things on a betting note that we talked about extensively last week. One was, of course, this amazing thing about three-team 10-point teasers all to the over. Remember, week one of the preseason last year, the first year where there was a three-week arc of preseason as opposed to four, there were 560 possible three-team 10-point over teasers in the NFL teasing them all to the over, that is. And every permutation, every combination, 560-0. and 0. That was last year. This year, we had one game that didn't do it. One game poisoned the field. So in other words, instead of it going all 16 when you did those teasers, went to the over, the 10-point three-leggers. This year, one game didn't make, it didn't make it there, which was the Dolphins game. The Dolphins game, what was it, 16? I want to get the final score right. But it was the uh, it was the one game. It was the it was an early game where the Dolphins. I want to say they played the Falcons. Don't hold me to that. But it was one game didn't go there anyway. And a fifteen out of sixteen did. And so instead of five hundred sixty and zero, five hundred sixty and zero. Instead, by the way, Falcons nineteen, Dolphins three. That was the one that didn't make it. Instead of five hundred sixty and zero, I did the math for you, Wyatt. A little factorial, a little permutations and combinations. Instead of five hundred sixty and zero, those teaser combinations went. 455 and 105. So when one of those doesn't get there out of 16, that's what ends up happening. Still awesome. Still tremendous. Only those with that game would have failed you. Now, here's the, here's the lesson in all of this. Put these away. We're never going to talk about them again this preseason. We're never going to talk about three-team, 10-point anythings during the regular season. We'll give them rebirth week one next year NFL preseason. So this is just a window-in-time kind of bet to make. And uh, congratulations to everybody who just pounded away at those once again. The other thing that happened, of course, the Ravens won again. Didn't cover, but they did win. They, they, beat, the, uh, they beat the Eagles by a point. So the Ravens now 24-0 and in their last 24 preseason games, but now 20-4 and against the spread. Didn't cover it this time, but still good. 20-4 and against the spread. But I will say this. I, I watched... Almost every play of that game, dare I say, I happen to know somebody in the Ravens uh, running back rotation, so I'm keenly locked into the Ravens games. And and John Harbaugh definitely, like if you don't think there's anything to this, there's definitely Ravens decisions that they make in these preseason games that are not quite like what other teams would do. So just a, just an example, fourth quarter of this game, and I want to get the uh, the actual moment right, but fourth and two at the Philly 25 with 10.30 left in the game, 10.30 left in the game, 
You're up 17 to 13. You have Justin Tucker as your kicker. You already hit a 60 yarder early in the game. It's not like you're trying to learn anything about Justin Tucker. Most teams, fourth and two in that situation, if they had a kicker like Justin Tucker, I would dare say every other team would simply go for it. Let's see what the quarterback here has late in the game. See if we can build on this 14-point lead by matriculating the ball down the field and gaining these two yards. Nope. Field goal for the for the Ravens to go up seven. Let's kick the field goal because we want to win. And that's exactly what they did. They went up seven, held on, because the Eagles, of course, tried for two when they scored, and that failed, and the Ravens were able to to hold on. By the way, they did some funky stuff with their running back rotation late in the game, too, to preserve the win as well. So, um, again, Ravens money line, or throw them in. I guess a lot of people probably throw them into money line parlays, let's be honest. But it gets there again, 24-0. Frank Schwab on the NFL. Preseason and beyond. Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on v the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Won't take you but a few seconds. Then stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call. 1-800-522-4700. We get tweets at beating the book. Awkward moment. Yo, Gilly Ice, thanks for the angle on betting the overs on a 10-point teaser in the first week of preseason. Four parlays bet, four parlays cast, cashed. What you got for week two, my man? Well, not that, as I said. We discard that. We'll uh, give them rebirth week one of preseason next year. Brett Solomon, any date yet for when you'll have Dr. Bob on? Oh, yes, a... A tradition unlike any other on this show, Dr. Bob's college season win totals, which have been about the greatest betting thing over time, record-wise. I'd compare it to anything we've done over this show over the years. Uh, it will be later this month. I don't have an exact date, but it will be in late 
part of August. Elvis Toast Patterson fan. Gilly, I think you meant to say every baseball team has now hit the three-quarter pole. No, sir, it's the quarter pole. It is the quarter pole. I said that correctly. Horse racing term. Michael Burns. Hit three teasers, and thanks for the tennis picks as always. Let's go. Man U. Always on Man U as well. Um, thanks to everybody who tweeted in. By the way, before we get to Frank Schwab here from Yahoo, just a few things on week one just related to the rookie quarterbacks. Boy, oh boy, in what was a theme of the preseason week number one, poor offensive line performance. So Bryce Young of the Panthers didn't have a good performance, but I don't know that we can really blame it on him. He was hammered by Jets defenders on two of his first three throws, sacked before he'd get off a final attempt. So in all, he was th- hit three of seven times he dropped back to pass. Um, ended four for six for 21 yards, but 0 for two with a sack on third down. The third down passes, both on sideline routes, were uncatchable. But again, he was more failed by his offensive line than anything. So again, not a great performance in any case, but I don't know that we can necessarily look into much on that uh, in terms of that count. Anthony Richardson in their 23 and the Colts 23 to 19 lost to Buffalo. By the way, just to be thorough, in the Panthers game, they got blanked by the Jets 27 to nothing. But Anthony Richardson, he finished 7 of 12 for 67 yards with a pick. He played three series, was unable to produce any points, but that was because of circumstances as well, as much as his own performance, field position, penalties, a whole bunch of things undermining the uh, Indianapolis Colts. C.J. Stroud was probably the, the clearest worst of the bunch. Again, don't read too much into one game of a preseason, but he did struggle. Um, it appears there might really be a competition with Davis Mills at this point. Uh, Stroud played two series. He went two for four for 13 yards with a pick. Mills, nine for 12 for 99 yards with a touchdown. But Stroud uh, looked tentative. He took a sack through a pick that led to a Patriots field goal. Uh, Texans did win the game 20 to nine. Um, but again, he didn't have excellent protection either. He was under pressure on 60% of his dropbacks. So I don't know. But Mills seemed to overcome that easier than Stroud did for sure. So anyway, that's the thumbnail of those three guys. Read into that what you will. Let's see what Frank Schwab reads into that and beyond week one of the NFL preseason. How you doing, Frank? What's going on, Gil? How you doing? Doing very well. Do you, I mean, did you take anything away from, from any of those three performances at all? You know, not, not a whole lot. I think the, the one thing for Anthony Richardson was the pick. It was terrible. Like, it was one of those where you're like, that's right, he only started 13 college games, where he threw it off, he hesitated, and then he just threw it off his back foot right to the cornerback. You realize you're going to see some great things with Anthony Richardson, but you're going to see some of that. I don't think Young or Stroud really played long enough to get much of a read for them. I think what you said was very accurate about offensive line play. And for everybody, it seemed in the NFL, you realize very quickly that there's just no depth of offensive line play. Yeah. It's hard to find five good guys, much less 10, much less 15. So a lot of these guys, it's hard to evaluate them. It's hard to evaluate a Bryce Young when he's when he's under pressure all the time. I thought Bryce looked just fine. Like, it was very nondescript. Stroud did struggle, no question about that. But to your point, you know, you talk about Davis, Mills, and media competition. I think the last, the, the problem with naming Stroud the starter for the first preseason game is you don't want to go backwards. It makes it look like, we screwed up. Stroud was terrible to preseason. Now we got to go back to Davis Mills. So I, I wonder if they're really going to resist doing that to Miko Ryan's over there in Houston because you don't want to have that kind of thing weighing over your rookie quarterback of basically you got benched. Like it, it's not that, but it is hmm. because you went with him in the first preseason game. You don't want to go to Davis Mills in, in week two or in week one of the regular season because that looks like a demotion for C.J. Stroud. 
that was always a risk in playing him right away in the preseason. Talking to Frank Schwab, who covers the NFL and sports betting for Yahoo. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Yahoo Schwab. Um, let me ask you about Jordan Love, because I'm trying to think of something else that happened this weekend where I'm like, okay, this is actually like bettable stuff for people who are on the fence about something. So I've been saying all offseason, I've said it probably so many times that it's annoyed some people, which is Jordan Love got to hold a clipboard for multiple years under the same offense, and under a Hall of Fame quarterback, by the way, backing up a Hall of Fame quarterback. When you used to do that in the 80s, right, when, when these kids weren't thrown into because the contracts weren't like they are now, when kids weren't thrown into action the first year, and I always use my team growing up Washington as an example, Mark Rippon got to do it, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Trent Green got to do it. Were he not hurt, maybe he runs uh, the greatest show on turf. Um, Stan Humphreys got to hold the, the clipboard for years. He ended up in a Super Bowl with the Chargers. Jordan Love has had this experience. He ends up in this game. They, they beat the uh, Bengals 36-19, 7 of 10 for 70 yards, connected with five different pass catchers. He didn't throw anything deep, but he was 4 for 5 for 28 on play action. I mean, I, I guess I'm just saying I, I don't want to read into too much, but so far it's all checking out that he may be better than people think. Do you get that impression? Does it lead you to Packers bets in any way? I, I think we got a little bit of confirmation bias if I'm reading between the lines, because I love the Packers before we saw Jordan Love in his first preseason game. And like what I saw out of him, I, I think everyone's sleeping on the Packers, and I don't really get why. You know, like you talked about, Mark Rippon, Trent Green, nothing against those guys, but they weren't first-round picks either. Right. Jordan Love comes in with a pedigree of a first-round pick, and Go back and read all scouting reports. It was all the same. Yeah, he's got some flaws. He turns it over too much. But he has this massive upside. Why can't he still hit that upside? Why has everybody given up on him already? We threw 83 NFL passes and, and we're making decisions on him already. There's an unknown with Jordan Love, and that doesn't need to be a bad thing. It could be a very good thing. He, we don't need Jordan Love to be Aaron Rodgers. What if he's the 15th best quarterback in the NFL, middle of the road? You have a great running game, a lot of talented receivers. Defense, we all loved 12 months ago. Yeah, they were disappointing last year. Still a lot of talent on that side of the ball. I don't know why everyone's bailing on the Packers. I love the Packers this year. Over win total, make the playoffs. NFC North bet at 4-1. to one. Love it all. I, I just, uh, no pun intended there. I don't think Jordan Love is going to be a disaster. Like you said, he's sat and learned. He has talent. And I think the Packers, uh, in, in many ways, are going to be kind of rejuvenated a little bit. This Aaron Rodgers drama had to get to them, right? Like, they, they had to be sick of it. Everybody yeah. was sick of it. The guys in the locker room had to be, too. We've seen, in a micro level, how many teams do you— I know there's a betting strategy for you, and it is for me, too. When a starting quarterback goes down, we bet on the, that team the next week because that team rallies around the backup quarterback. The same concept applies for the Packers here, but it might be all season. They're going to rally around this guy who they see coming into work every day. All the reviews have been, this kid works, this kid's got talent, he can play. They're going to rally around him, and also to kind of get out of that Aaron Rodgers spotlight of, hey, we're good, we're good too. Aaron Rodgers got all the attention. The Green Bay Packers, though, can play. I love the Packers this year. I think I think they're a really, really underrated team going into the season. we got a couple minutes here, Frank. I, I've asked this of other people. I want to ask it. I want to ask the same of you, which is, what is your most... I don't know if controversial is the right word, but your most unconventional take, given what you've sort of anecdotally taken in from others this season, whether it's a division, whether it's a team season win total, whatever it is, what is it for you? Uh, I'm betting on the 49ers to miss the playoffs. Is that crazy enough for you? That is crazy. I just, look, I I think, look, I went back the last, looked at the last four years, small sample size, and power rankings don't mean anything. 
But in the consensus power rankings before the season, each of the last four years, one of the top five teams has missed the playoffs. Last year, two top five teams missed the playoffs, and the Buccaneers didn't deserve to make it. So we were really off. This year, you look and you wonder, one of these five teams who we say, there's no chance that this team is going to be terrible. They're going to be bad. They're going to disappoint us. The 49ers are great. Look, I, I know that their roster is stacked, but look at what they've lost. D'Amico Ryans, I think, is a great coordinator, great coach, coach. I'm buying a ton of stock in him. They lost Mike McGlinchey, among other guys, uh, in for agency. The draft gave them nothing. We saw their kick, they drafted a kicker in the third round and missed two kicks yesterday. You look at their quarterback situation, too. I'm not sold on Brock Purdy. Maybe you are. Maybe he's the next Tony Romo, Kurt Warner, Tom Brady. I'm not quite there yet with him. I'd love the Seahawks to win this division. I think they're going to be a great team. And I'm not necessarily thinking that the 49ers are going to miss, miss the playoffs, but there's good odds right now, and I think they're a little disappointing. Look, a 9-10 a win t- season for the 49ers this year would be a big disappointment. But I think we could take a step back. And please burn this tape if, if in January if they're 15-2 and two, because <laughs> they right. have that upside, right? Yeah. But if I'm going out on a limb with something crazy, I think it said I'm going to be fading to 49ers. Well, Frank, you definitely you definitely answered the question. That's for sure. You did not mess around. Uh, Niners to miss the playoffs showing plus 360, I believe that says, at DraftKings right now. Plus 360. Okay. Frank Schwab coming strong. Thank you, Frank. Great seeing you, man. I appreciate it. Frank Schwab, everybody, from Yahoo Sports. Let's talk some baseball. Paul Sporer on the other side. It's a numbers game. VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Football's ready to kick off, and VEASAN is everything you need to make this a successful, that's a successful season. Thank you very much. Our college football betting guide features best bets from writers and on-air personalities, along with team previews for all 133 FBS teams. Our NFL betting guide will help you tackle the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as 19 and get our college football and NFL betting guide. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek in for Kelly Bidlin on this Monday. We hope Kelly uh, feels better. Uh, let's talk some baseball. He comes to us from Fangraphs, the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, and so many baseball outlets. It's our buddy Paul Sporer. You can follow him on Twitter at S-P-O-R-E-R. How you doing, Paulie? Oh, we do, we did not hear Paul. I'm doing well, Gil. How are you? There I have you my go. mic on mute. Sorry. Well, see, Paul was messing with us. Had it on mute. Paul, what's the? How's the other gig going this year? I, I never promoted in the same way. Please explain. And how's it? How's okay. it been? It's been going very well. It's uh, for a game called Out of the Park Baseball. It's a baseball simulator. It's the best baseball simulator out there. And I create uh, these cards for a mode called Perfect Team that you collect and you build your team and you play against other people. It's a. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a really nerdy uh, virtual virtual baseball game but for people that like handicapping and fantasy and all that it's 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 in the wheelhouse of uh, at least a section of the uh, listenership right now all right quarter pull major league baseball this year uh, this week rather everybody get into the quarter pull let me mm-hmm. ask you let me ask you about the real yeah about exactly about a few awards here first and then we'll get into some other questions but uh garrett cole to win al cy young minus 260 now is that too low is that value I don't think it's value. Um, 
you know, I, I feel like he's good as a front runner right now. Makes a lot of sense to finally get uh, his first one for Garrett Cole, but it's not signed, sealed, and delivered yet. There, there are folks that are on sale that I think in this final six week run uh, can chase it down. Six seven week run. You got Otani still lingering, of course, and he's Otani. You got Sonny Gray, Gosman. I like George Kirby as a dark horse too, and uh, you know there might be a little bit of a theme with some Seattle mm. stuff that as we talked today with Seattle and Baltimore that series maybe had a big impression on me but yeah i don't think it's too low or anything i think it's an okay number to play with garrett cole but i'm probably looking elsewhere to try to get myself uh, uh one of the guys who aren't the favorites george kirby 50 to 1 by the way 50 to 1 here uh in mid-august what about nl cy young this is way more up for grabs by the way uh spencer strider after a terrible outing comes back uh and has a great yeah. one seven strong for spencer strider uh, seven strong shutout innings. It should be pointed out. He's back down to six to one at DraftKings. You can find him find him as high as plus seven fifty still. Zach Gallon remains the short shot plus one seventy five at DraftKings. Logan Webb three to one. Blake Snell plus three twenty. Justin Steele's in there at seven to one. Obviously, shop around for all of these. Who's winning this? What's the play? I think that well, the play is is to not hit the favorite here. I love Zach Gallon. Think he's got a great shot here, but I'm even more off the favorite than I am in the AL. I like Strider. Um, you know, he had that terrible start as you mentioned, but he bounced back. By the way, there was a crazy thing in the NFBC, which is the National Fantasy Baseball Championship. Their site went down on Monday for a long period of time to the point where they had to give people kind of a free run to set their lineups, even after some games had played. And that included the Strider situation. So people had to decide if they wanted to use Strider for the week, knowing how bad he was against Pittsburgh, but still with a start lingering on the weekend. Mm. Could change the fate of some major fantasy baseball leagues. But anyway, he's back on track. Justin Steele's where I'm looking, though. I love the long shot here. I think he's an amazing pitcher. And while we do not judge things explicitly off of win-loss record anymore, thankfully, I do still think gaudy win-loss records catch the eye. Me Whether too. they should or not. Me too. Yes. Strider, Justin Steele, they're 13-4, and 13-3. and three. That can be a little tiebreaker, right? Again, there's people out there, they judge everything off of stats. They don't go too crazy off win-loss. But if you're breaking down the tie between Logan Webb at 9-9 nine and nine and Justin Steele 13-13, and 13, I'm not saying it's right, but it will happen. We're trying to be, we're trying to be uh, get the right bet here, not say what's the correct thing to do. And I do think voters would lean towards Strider and Steele over Webb all else equal because of the great win-loss record. Yeah, I got Strider bet, so let me just, again, full full disclosure, that's where my money is. But it's I, want, I do want to buttress the point you were making about win-loss record. I've said this a few times on the show. I think we even said it on Primetime Action back in the day, which was it's almost like we've gotten to a period where those of us who have delved in analytics for as long as we have we, we were the ones, you know, saying, oh, win-loss, it's so stupid, right? Years before Tony Kornheiser was still talking mm-hmm. about how it's the single most important thing going, right? But in in looking <laughs> at pitcher stats, it's almost like the pendulum, it feels like the pendulum went too far on it now, right? Where if you do stand out, let's say you do go 17-3, and three, let me just throw out a random, that all of a sudden that does become a point in your resume, whereas in like the last 5-10 years, not so much, if that makes any sense? Absolutely. Again, I I think we're kind of getting back to some things that kind of stand out. And it's like, it's not the driving force, which is the problem that used to be back in the days that win loss record, you know, stole a Cy Young by winning something. I had no business winning that. But now it's kind of another one. Now we want to vote for the guy that wins or something. And again, if they got the numbers, I don't care if you vote for somebody 
loss record. I'm just saying, if we're trying to pick the winner, people will gravitate toward a wonderful win-loss record when all else is equal. And that's going to favor Strider and even Steele as a long shot. I think he's got the skills to go with it, too. Plus, the Cubs are on the rise. So so I like Strider bets for more of your that's for a bit of a long shot for a nice little play on the edge. Yeah, we're, we're showing Strider 6-1 to one and Steel 7-1 at DraftKings. But again, shop around because you can get uh, incrementally longer numbers on both of those guys in some spots. Since you bring up Justin Steele, let's talk about the Cubs. Because I've the last couple weeks have been saying, I, I, I sort of went through the betting numbers last week, juxtaposed against Fangraph's projections, just juxtaposed not only against Fangraph's, but also against baseball reference projections for the Cubs to make the playoffs, Cubs to win the division. And they were, and I did it for all 30 teams, but the Cubs were the team where there was the the widest gap in the betting odds and the projections, meaning the projections were such that you almost had to run and bet the Cubs both to make the playoffs and to win the division because the fact that they were in plus, you know, in, in, you know, in low plus money in both, well, I think it was like plus 105 mm-hmm. to make the playoffs, plus 195 to make the division, even north of $2 to win the division rather in some spots. But like if you did them by the betting odds based on projections, to make the playoffs should have been like minus three something and to win the division would have been like minus 190. So it was this amazing thing to seize on. Now, that said, the Cubs are still a half game out of the wild card. They're still, what is it, two and a half out of the NL Central lead. No, pardon me, three and a half out of three the, and a half yeah, out the NL yep. Central lead against the Brewers. And to win that division, the Brewers are minus 145 and the Cubs remain in plus money, plus 140. Are the Cubs a bet there? in your opinion? There is a bet there, but I still like Milwaukee. I've been kind of on the Milwaukee train, so I'm going to stick with that. I'm a sucker for a team that has three potential aces with Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. They've got enough hitting. It's been underwhelming. I, I, I grant all that. And the bridge to Devin Williams hasn't always been the sturdiest, although someone like uh, Joel Piams has been really nice and kind of stabilizing it. They need more than just one one guy to get in there. But I still like the Brewers. I like the Cubs to make the playoffs, but I'm still sticking with the Brewers as my NL Central pick. So I see an avenue for a Cubs bet if that's the team that you're backing, but I don't want to advocate too strongly for it when I don't agree uh, that they're going to win the division. I'm still picking Brewers. Yeah, I, I quoted plus 140 earlier. Is that plus 250 up to date, Wyatt? That one right there that we're showing? It is. Okay, so shop around for this because we're seeing Ooh. we're seeing a massive yeah. difference then from shop to shop, if that's the case. At, at that number, yeah. yeah, you start to you start to change the tune a little bit there to where as much as I like the Brewers, it's a it, they're a layoff at minus one seventy five and then the Cubs at plus two fifty do become a bit more interesting, especially if you've been playing it all year. And I know people that will, you know, stack tickets and kind of move with the market. You've already got a decent Brewers ticket from time when maybe they were struggling. You get yourself a Cubs Cubs one. And you're rocking both at decent numbers. Obviously, that's a great spot that you can be in. But uh, yeah, at, at plus two fifty, I don't hate that. I like that Cubs one a little bit more. Again, still picking Milwaukee, but with the number, I think that makes the Cubs a bit more intriguing. Yeah, Cubs have one of the easiest schedules remaining in all of baseball. In fact, only three teams with easier schedules. They have the single easiest remaining schedule in the National League, with a four seventy five wow. aggregate win percentage for their opponents collectively down the stretch here. Uh, real quick. Orioles minus two fifty in the AL East. Rays plus two ten. Jays sixteen to one. Is there a bet there? I really do like the Orioles. Um, I, I might just kind of stick with them. I, I don't think they can run away and hide. It's hard to ever really do that in the East. But I just really like this ball club. 
and and believe in a lot of what they're doing right now with this team. Um, and obviously the Rays, not even just the situation that's going on with Wander right now, but the injuries that they just continue to sustain. I think the Orioles are the play here. And if, if you have already got something down, then it's a stay away. But if you want to get in on it, this is a spot where I would go for the favorite in Baltimore. Yeah, the Wander Franco thing should be uh, very interesting to monitor. That's for sure. AL West Rangers yeah. minus one. By the way, Orioles with a three game lead over the Rays, eight over the Blue Jays. Uh, AL West Rangers minus 150, Astros plus 210, with the uh, Rangers up two and a half games. Real quick on that. Astros, um, sticking with them, still fully believe in them. The Rangers, again, they're hemorrhaging players. Love what they did this year. Had them as a team on the rise, but I got to go with Houston when they're when they're the uh, shorter money with the better odds right now. Sounds like that's your favorite bet of the bunch right there, based on your conviction. There, you're you're leaping to answer that one. More with Paul Spore on the other side. He sticks with us for a couple segments. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. And if all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back and bonus bets up to $25. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and over wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. U.S. promotional offers not available in Kansas, Mississippi, D.C., Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Me call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y, that's Hope New York, or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, that's 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This offer, not valid to Puerto Rico residents. Skill Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek in for Kelly Bidlin. Before we get to uh, back to Pauly, just one clarification. Because I mentioned you got to shop around for all these prices, obviously. But uh, 
because I mentioned the Cubs to win the division at one shop was just plus 140. Then we were, and then I was like, wait, that can't be right. I actually asked you, I was like, is that plus 250 right on the Cubs? It's actually plus 210 that we're seeing on the Cubs to win the division, just to clarify up to the moment. So let's just be clear on that. Paul Spore rejoins us from Fangraphs, hanging out with us for a couple segments this morning. Quarter pole of the uh, Major League Baseball season as the first team's have uh, a few teams have gotten to the uh, the first of the, of the 30 teams have gotten to 120 games in the 162 game schedule so almost the quarter pole really technically um let me ask you just about the home run race most home runs mm-hmm. regular season we have a new leader in the clubhouse and his name is Matt Olson jacked another one yesterday golfed one out uh, in the 8th inning as the uh, Braves come back against the Mets fall short 7 to 6 Mets win on Sunday night baseball last night but Olson's got 43 Shohei hit one yesterday he's got 41 as the Angels avoided a sweep mm-hmm. at the hands of the Astros and right now we're looking at the numbers on these cuz you can bet on uh who will be the ultimate regular season home run leader and the number we have is uh, minus 210 on Olson plus 125 on Shohei you like either of those I mean, I'm going to take Otani there, right? Like a two-homer deficit, and I get the best player in the world at plus money, I'm going to take that. If, 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 I'm, if I'm getting in on this, I, that's where I'm going, or even maybe take Pete on a long shot for like a quarter unit just for fun, too, because he's that kind of guy. Now, he's eight back. Don't get me wrong. Let's not put too much. That's why I stress like a quarter unit of whatever your normal bet is. But uh, yeah, between the two, uh, Olsen and Otani, I'm going to go with Otani. Going with Otani. Okay. Um, we never talk about this because it seems like it's the most basic thing in the world, and maybe it is. Because all your friends who aren't sports betters will be like, hey, who do you think is winning the World Series, right? And you're like, well, it's not exactly how I, uh, the, the currency in which I operate. <laughs> but I will ask you this based on the betting yeah. odds, and this has to do with, you know, again, the cousin of this question is, what's the team that's set up nicely in a postseason that could actually make a run if they get in? Where's the value in all this? Where is the value to win the World Series or perhaps a pennant? But let's talk World Series. Where's the value there? Yeah, I'm really interested in this Baltimore ball club. I know it's a young club, and if they kind of come up short this year because they have a hard-fought LCS against Houston, I'm not going to be surprised. But if they overcome that and they make it all the way and they get there, they've got the talent. I know they don't have, like, standout pitching where you're like, holy crap, they run this guy and then this guy. But Kyle Bradish is on the rise. If you have not watched a lot of Baltimore baseball, this guy is a dude. Grayson Rodriguez is the dude that people really know. Started off slow, got sent out. He's been great since returning. I could see him being just wonderful down the stretch and into October. Flaherty looks pretty good with them, too, and he's just, he's a solid pitcher. So that's a top three that can definitely work. We know the dynamic duo at the back end of the bullpen. The bridge there will, will be important, but then that lineup is just incredible. So I like looking at Baltimore here. I'm never going to go favorites on something like this, um, even though they're, they're, they're like a co-favorite right now. But I'm never going to go like an overwhelming favorite on moves like this. So I like Baltimore on both an AL pennant situation and even a World Series situation. Yeah, showing as high as 12 to 1 on the Orioles to win it all and half that, cut that in half to win the American League pennant. But again, shop around. Again, teams vary from book to book. Did you, before we get to matchups, World Series matchups, do you generally agree? I don't think you and I talked about that. I talked about this with Rufus Peabody last week because we both grew up as Orioles fans. Do you, do you agree with what they did at the trade deadline? In other words, it, my, my sort of distilled sentence is, it's like they were playing for a dynasty rather than one shot at a World Series. Yeah. Do, you, do you, first of all, do Absolutely. you agree with that? And do, you, do you like that they did that? Um, I like that they at least didn't just sit on their hands completely like, like a Cincinnati kind of did, or, or at least for the most part. 
I thought it was fine. I like going out and getting Flaherty. I was of the mind that they still could have done another big move without really hurting that system at all. Like that system is so deep. You could have traded a big name, a Heston Kirstead, a Joey Ortiz, a Kobe Mayo for that big game changing piece, like a Dylan cease that you're going to have beyond this year. And I would have been totally fine with that. That said, the way they played it, I think it's fine. You got Michael Elias coming from Houston. There was no world where he was going to blow it up. But trading one big piece from your farm system is also not blowing it up. So I think they could have done a little bit more, but I'm not I'm not outright uh, you know, angry with them and thought that they sat on their hands the way some teams did when they had a chance. All right, you've, you've perused, you've taken a look at World Series matchups. Again, these are not exactas. These are just matchups. Where is the value in a market like this? Which teams, which combo of teams are you like, oh, I'd bet on this? I start looking at, you know, the the teams I got the most confidence in. I just talked about Baltimore, so I think some of their matchups are ones I'd be looking at. And again, I might have been overly influenced by the weekend series between these two teams, but, but Seattle as well. I love both of these clubs, and they're a bit of a different makeup, right? They're also kind of a young team on the rise, but it's their young pitching. They do have that pitching where you're like, wow, they've got Castillo, and then Kirby, then Gilbert, then Miller, then Hancock, who they just brought up. They got Wu coming back. They've got Munoz and Brash in the bullpen. They've got the pitching. So I think things with Seattle and Baltimore, I don't have a super favorite in the NL. I can definitely default to the Dodgers and not really feel bad about that. So if I'm looking Baltimore Dodgers, Seattle Dodgers, I think there's good odds there. I like kind of an underdog coming. Push come to shove, it's hard to get away from Houston completely in the in the American League. But when I'm going to do a bet like this, I'm not just going to go like Houston Dodgers. Like why? What, what? What's really the point there? If I'm really trying to go for something, I'm not just doing it to be frivolous. I believe in Baltimore and Seattle, and those are a couple of teams I could see getting there. So I'm probably looking at their matchups against Atlanta and the Dodgers, maybe play it safe on one side. For me, it's the a- NL side, and then get a little bit more uh, out there with the AL side. And your mileage may vary the other way. Maybe you like a Marlins or a D-backs or something, and you're going to play it with a Houston or, um, I mean, who else is a favorite in the American? I, I I couldn't even think of a second team to say that's like an ironclad favorite because the Rays are not up there right now. Um, the, the pitching that they're hemorrhaging. Again, we'll figure out what's up with the Wander stuff when that when the details are out. Put that off to the side and let's say it's it it's fine and he comes back because it's not founded or whatever. They would still have trouble. So it's not just this recent news. So I'm probably going to play it a bit safer on the NL side and look for my favorites on the on the AL that uh, get me going. And for me, that's Baltimore and Seattle. Sorry, long-winded answer there. Baltimore and Seattle matched up with the Braves, by the way. Baltimore versus the Braves in the World Series, 13-1. to Mariners versus the Braves, 35-1. to Or thereabouts. Again, shop around the books that have the, this kind of market available. Uh, it is not a huge card in Major League Baseball. There are nine games. It is a Monday after all. Have you delved into any DFS? Mm-hmm. We do have a game at Coors. I, I suppose that's where it starts. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're always going to have to be looking there. There's some interesting pitching going on today, too. It's it's one of those situations where, yes, it's a short slate, but you've got some premium pitching there. Or if you want to get risky, right, because there is a game in Coors, sometimes you want to get risky with it. Uh, maybe like a, a, a J.P. Sears going up against St. Louis. They suck, but their offense is still good. Clark Schmidt against Atlanta. Those were two, like, crazy pivots. But even somebody like Emerson Hancock, who I mentioned, his second start, he faces KC, I could be interested in. Uh, even in Colorado. 
started themselves, Merrill Kelly. He's been pitching so well this year. Wouldn't even surprise me if he pitched well in Colorado. So I think you can go for some risky pitching and then stack up your hitting if you want. If you want to go top of the scale with pitching, give me Michaelis and, and Framber Valdez at Miami or against Oakland and at Miami, respectively, with Michaelis and, and Valdez. That's where I'm going to go if I'm going to pay premium this uh, today. Or, or Tyler Glass now against your Giants. I'm sorry. All right, real quick, because we only have a minute left here. Do you play the Immaculate Grid, Paul? Are you obsessed with this I do. game? I love it. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it's tailor-made for me. Ta- it's tailor-made for, uh, this is what I'm saying, it's tailor-made for any of us who ever collected baseball cards, who ever played fantasy baseball. Mm-hmm. What, is, what is, would you say is your average score? Yep. Again, for those who don't know, it's a it's a nine-square grid, three-by-three. Three. It matches up teams. And so you have to come up with a player that played, let's say, for Texas and Atlanta, let's say. But the key is you yes. want to go as obscure as possible. Oh, yeah. So... What did you just say? What did you just name a player? Yeah. yeah. I said Kobe Allard when you Kobe named him. I, 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 I can't help it. I, I got like to name robot. somebody. Yeah, Kobe Allard. Uh, what is so, your average score? I'm curious. A guy I like shoot you. for under 100, right? So it adds up your percentage of, of how many players picked, and that's your score, your rarity score. So you're trying to go under 100, um, and I've gotten as low as like in the 30s and the 20s because I'm a sicko. I mean, I you can remember some like random middle relievers from the 90s, yeah. and those will pop in. And the job I have at OOTP helps because I'm working with players all day on different teams. Yeah. So yeah, Immaculate Grid is my favorite thing. I was going to say, the reason I ask you because I imagine you would be a Hall of Fame player in this. Absolutely. Paul's. I feel like I'm pretty good at it, if I'm being honest. <laughs> International grid competition. Spore is your favorite. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Felika next. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.